Welcome back to the Forgotten Library. As always, I'm Nikki G, and while I'm still working on the sequel to Elsie Dinsmore, it's in editing right now, I promise, life got in the way, I thought I'd pop back in with a little bonus for you, especially those who are fans of V.C. Andrews, with a related mini-sode. If you've listened to the Flowers in the Attic episode, you know that these books loomed large in my formative years, as they did for many of you as well. The research I have done for these episodes relies on fairly scant material as Andrews was a private person. Therefore, when I discovered a biography had been published this year, entitled The Woman Beyond the Attic, The V.C. Andrews Story, I immediately requested it from my local library. I was intrigued. Finally, we'll get to know a bit more about this elusive woman who barely got to enjoy her fame before she died. I am sorry to say, well, maybe not that sorry, that this was a waste of paper and ink. As is well known now, after Andrews passed away from breast cancer in 1986, it was determined that her estate was worth quite a bit, so the executors chose a ghostwriter to continue those series that were incomplete when she died. Definitely the Dollinganger family, Flowers in the Attic, Petals on the Wind, and so forth, and the Castile family, Heaven, Dark Angel, etc. And then, of course, many more books. For decades, this writer was coyly never referred to by name, but it eventually came to light that the author was one Andrew Niederman, who has been published under his own name as well. And even though the quality of his output has been lacking, I still had a tiny glimmer of hope that this biography might actually be all right, as he has access to Virginia's surviving relatives and other documents. The blurb from the publisher says this book has family photos, personal letters, a partial manuscript for an unpublished novel, and more. Technically, the book does have all of those things, but they are marred by the same hackneyed style Niederman has used under the V.C. Andrews name for decades. We'll get back to that in a moment. The book is split into two parts, the biographical information and a portion of the unfinished manuscript of Virginia is called The Obsessed. The biography, if you want to call it that, doesn't seem to shed much new light on the author that wasn't already on the internet, thanks to her enduring fan pages and wikis. Niederman speculates a lot in his narrative, asking rhetorical questions and repeating dialogue and anecdotes, almost as if he had a specified word count to fit and he was flailing to hit it. Niederman uses excerpts from her letters, which means he has access to them, so why not just publish the collected letters then with an introduction? Also, but no less important, Niederman writes of Andrews in a very ableist manner. Obviously, we cannot discount Virginia's disability, or how she herself felt about it, and it's important to see how her mother dealt with it, apparently not very well, as these situations shape Virginia's life and work, and it obviously did, given much of her work depicts people trapped in some way, if not in body, then in mind. However, Niederman constantly mentions how admirable it was for Virginia to keep writing when she was confined, his word, to bed or her wheelchair. This smacks of inspiration porn while also using outdated language. Finally, the second half of the book is purportedly the only extant pieces of Andrew's novel, The Obsessed. However, in this very book, is a letter from Andrews to her brother, I believe. I read this back in March, so it's been a while. Talking about a novel with the same name that was in first draft of 800 pages or so. Hmm. The court case regarding her estate also mentions this draft by name, and in a 2013 interview with The Toast, one of Andrews's early agents says that, contrary to what some believed, the obsessed was not the original draft of Flowers in the Attic, but a different story entirely. So point number one, if all this is true, why haven't they edited and published it? I'm sure the public would be happy to see something from Virginia's original pen. Point number two, Virginia liked to obfuscate the truth, try to keep her real self to herself. So let's say that this first draft portion is the real obsessed. Why hasn't Niederman finished it then? According to that court case, 
It looks like there were only 100 pages written of Garden of Shadows, the final book in the Dollinganger saga, and no apparent drafts for any of the Heaven series, which means that Niederman wrote all of that himself, perhaps with maybe some draft notes from Virginia. So it's my supposition, then, that this bit of obsessed is Niederman's own hand. After reading this book, it's apparent that this was nothing but a cash grab aimed at exennials with nostalgia for the unique brand of gothic horror and purple prose that only V.C. Andrews could do. Maybe someday a better writer can do her life and works justice. Well, that's the brief show. <laughs> Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. The Forgotten Library is available on most podcast aggregators. There's a Facebook page. There's a Twitter account. You can find all transcripts on the website. Thank you for listening, and I will be with you soon.